Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Fundamentalists Podcast. My name is Elliot Morgan, and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Dr. Peter Rollins from Northern Ireland, a philosopher, writer, theologian, what have you. And we like to do this podcast mostly every week, except we didn't do it last week, and we'll get more into that in a little bit. But it's uh, it's a podcast about how uh, to explore the possibility of life before death and uh, grapple with things like philosophy and psychology and uh, living life and, and religion and all these fun things and psychoanalysis and all sorts of fun tales. Uh, so thank you for being a part of our little tiny community and uh we look forward to continuing this and uh, having a great time and exploring live opportunities as well which we'll announce when they're actually happening but until then uh pete how you doing i'm doing great okay it's good to see you good to see you as well doing this see how i flipped on my i I like man i love it i absolutely love it you just you are just you can, you're a pro. I just get to exit for a moment. It's yeah. like, oh, hang on, that's basically so. Like, where are you? I think you just check out. You go somewhere else, and then I your think mouse I just listen. All the work. It's it's such a it's like a muscle memory thing where I'm just listening to the rhythm of my voice, and I'm not yeah. really. I'm just filling it with like with grammatically correct sentences that don't that I, that kind of mean things, but not really. Yeah. So, the, hello everybody. Uh, green ideas sleep furiously. It's all good. Exactly. And then, like, yeah. Just because it sounds right, people will go with it. Exactly. Yeah, you. Yeah. That was a very. It's hard to make up uh, random sentences on the fly. That was really good. Well, I knew that from the past. Okay. There. You go. I've and, used it as an example before. Well, yeah. It's in there. Furthering the point, I guess it is real hard to do that. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is. Um, it's it's a five o'clock in the evening to paint a photo for folks. Um, I've been oh paint a photo. We should we tell them? No, we shouldn't. No, no. Okay, but uh, yes, you should because yeah. I have the info. I want you to do the thing because okay. I think I'm too nervous to do it. And I was the one who was too nervous, and, and now, now you're the one too I nervous think I, because okay. yeah, we'll yeah. explain more to okay. folks when the time comes. But um, that was a fun. Yeah, that's a fun. <laughs> that makes. I, I can only imagine what that sounds like we're talking about. Um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to to paint a picture. Yeah. Um, uh, it's five o'clock. It's a Thursday, um, and I just got back from the Valley Folk office, and uh, you've been hanging out, doing your thing, reading and writing, doing your philosophizing. Yeah. And uh, we came up with the idea to have a podcast. Excuse me, episode on uh, my experiences with something called mushrooms. Right. And you're not talking about the ones you can buy in Target. Uh, you correct. You buy anything in Target like that, do you? That's, I should have said Tesco, but that's the UK. What's yeah, your, Target's uh, perfect, yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, oh, you, you can know, buy groceries, groceries in Target? groceries okay, Target, yeah. Okay, the, new, the, the big ones, the big ones. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today is uh, the groceries in Target and how they're <laughs> a little bit too expensive. But anyway, uh, yeah, so this is a, a very strange thing to talk about because it's uh for it's such it's i'm very hesitant to talk about Mm. it because i don't want to say like if you're a listener of the fundamentalists please know up top that just because i have done mushrooms and i think everybody should doesn't mean i think you should and i want to make sure that that's like let's just be clear yeah unequivocal unequivocal i don't want people you know where do you stand should should i do it no everyone should do it if you don't want to do it you shouldn't do it that's insane um and i also think it's something that is um it's such a strange thing to talk about because it's like well, I feel bad because you said, like, you mentioned you wanted to talk about this. So today I put a tweet out and you said you read the tweet and you, it, it made your heart beat. Yeah, it was just like, weird to see it. It was like, Elliot's going to talk about doing mushrooms. I go, oh, yeah, ooh, that is something yeah. I did. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. And I did talk and I, I have no problem talking about it. But seeing it in, in, in print was like, oh, yeah, I, I am uh, talking. So there is a. So to be clear as well, this was a long time ago. Ages ago. Ages ago. Ages ago, Pete. Yeah. Thank you for. Uh, for asking ages yeah. and ages and ages ago yeah uh which is why my memories of it will be so specific <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh and very clear and very pointed but anyway uh yeah so i've done it in the past and uh i've done it before um this is not the first time i've done it this time ages ago and uh it's it's a strange thing to talk about because on one hand there's always for me a sense of like very boyish guilt with this stuff of just like ah, oh, this is bad like that's bad like you don't do that type of stuff like that's very out there like the image of somebody doing mushrooms in my mind is always very like hippie kind of like you know the the patterns everywhere like the psychedelic kind of paintings that you see that are all like 
you know, it's the guy and he's got shapes coming out of his forehead. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like those kind that kind of yeah. drug, drug guy yeah. Uh, yeah. person. And I'm not, I would say a drug guy, but that said, I have done it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and I think it is an interesting thing to hear about for people who are interested in uh, quote unquote spirituality or just how the mind works. Like it's very, very like approaching it from that angle was very fascinating and also part of the experience for me, which was uh, uh, interesting part of it. But, um, and the good thing about this is like, we're going to be coming out, like you're going to be trying to convince me that although I shouldn't do mushrooms, I really should. And I'm going to be giving a certain skepticism about mushrooms. Yes. So there'll be a good little bit of kind of like back and forth yes. here. And uh, and a healthy, and, and I am not, I don't want to come off as an apologist or a uh, <laughs> advocate for <laughs> mushrooms just because I think everyone should do them. It's not, that's separate from the fact that it's you your, yeah. uh, it's separate from the fact that you yeah. definitely shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I, I, I've, I did the mushrooms. I did the thing. And, um, m- this I'm just going to explain sort of a couple takeaways from it, and uh, then we'll talk about communism, I guess. Oh yeah, so I wanted to talk about this thing <laughs> called acid communism, Great. which is that that the, the which is the politicization of psychedelics, the idea that. Um, that we can, if more people took psychedelics, we could enter into a phase of higher consciousness that would change the political economic landscape. Yeah. And I'm skeptical of that. And so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about cool. it. But I thought, because I have some friends like yourself who swear by mushrooms. And these are not, these are people who are very grounded, very successful, very interested. They find that it's, it's been a very useful thing. So actually, although I'm going to show a little bit of skepticism, I also go like, uh, the people like yourself who who have in the past experienced this and find it actually uh, something that has been useful and good. Mm. I want to, you know, I don't want to be a total dick about it. Right, right, right. Um, it's also, you can only be so much of a dick about something that you <laughs> yes. haven't See, that's the one thing advantage you'll have over me is go, oh, as someone who hasn't yes. done psychedelics. Once again, on The Fundamentalist, the only advantage I'll have is that I actually know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a funny joke. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, so exactly, it's exactly that. Yeah, it's a, people who are very grounded and very whatever and like live normal lives uh, have done this. It's also, I want to mention, I, I live in Los Angeles. That's a cultural bubble, um, in terms of this stuff. So and it's almost here, like you have to take it. If you, it kind here, of, I mean, it gets like, to yeah, the, it's that not, point. It's not that you want it to almost as like, it's part it of it was the, forced upon yeah, me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there is a, like, I don't want it to be and as, as a, as a anti LA person who lives in LA, that's another, it's a, it's thing that I'll be talking about. Yeah. yeah well, you're not, you're an anti LA person. You're yes. not anti LA. No, you're not an anti LA person. You're an anti LA person. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's a nice distinction. Okay. You make. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you like LA? I know. And I also really like the people, but there is a certain kind of, uh, you know, there's a certain kind of elitism, that you experience uh, sometimes here that's kind of like a bit yes, much. Yes, that's awful, yeah. Um, horrible people Yeah, <laughs> uh, is what we, we call those. But uh, yeah, so um, I did the thing. I took the amount that I took, which was a, a little less. I'm also, another disclaimer I want to make is that I'm pretty conservative with this stuff. I don't recommend this at all if you're not like very aware of your surroundings and you know being safe and all that stuff and also just like i'm so like very very safe or as safe as you can be with something like this obviously there's always a risk um primarily the risk for me um logistically speaking when it comes to doing something like this is i have a very um, sensitive stomach at times, despite the fact that I feel he has cheese a sensitive it. soul and I have a sensitive really soul yeah. and it just drops down sometimes. Yeah. And you know, I'm a, I'm a butterfly, but, yeah. uh, the sensitive stomach means that I end up, it, it makes you nauseous a little bit and that part's not fun at all. Um, and so this time I took the, the substance and, uh, you wait 40 minutes to an hour and then you kind of are like in it, like you kind of, it, it kicks in. Um, there are a few things that happened, a few takeaways that I, I wrote down kind of broad sweeping things, um, that, Flying uh, dragons. Well, uh, oh, we'll get into it. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly what I said. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All there's, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's some, there's, there's some stuff. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Yeah, I made the non-endorsing part. Um, I'm not endorsing this just cause I think it's good to do. Uh, and there is, okay. So here's the, the, a few takeaways. Uh, the first is a feeling of otherness and i think you would find this very interesting because it is a feeling of um not in my experience like 
there is a quote unquote, I'm going to get very ethereal with my language here and it's going to sound like drug talk because it is drug talk, but there's a feeling of, of otherness and a feeling of separateness from what uh, you're experiencing, or at least in my experience. So it basically felt like there was another uh, 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 thing that was in my periphery and in my experience and in my like both vision and in my brain that was different and also aware of what was happening. Mm -hmm. That was the strange thing. That was the most high thing that so you were the high subject, part. Did you, you were experiencing something and also you were experiencing yourself looking at yourself experiencing something. I couldn't see myself experiencing anything like yeah. that, but I could definitely feel like I was in communication with something, which I think is someone who, if you grew up in a religious environment or in a like, you know, it, growing up, it's you hear the voice of God, you hear sort of like that, that still small spirit is all that language that gets used. It's like that, but like turned up to like an 11. Oh, so it's, it wasn't that you were, you were observing yourself. No. You felt you were, you were in I was being with observed. You were being, yes. but not by yourself not by myself okay yes, you're, by you're something by else. the other okay by so the other yeah. experience yeah. Uh, and so and then <laughs> so the gaze uh, of the other yeah okay yeah, yeah. so and yeah. and i was uh it would it would it would um the, <laughs> the whole thing happens like kind of in waves but basically i there was a, po a point where i because i approach it with this angle of like let me you know not fall for anything let me make sure i have my wits about me i'm also kind of like analyzing it and trying to you know see the metaphors and see like all that and i get very kind of like uh hippy dippy poetic with it where i'm like you know is my brain am i gonna is my brain gonna uncover something that i didn't realize before and there's a little bit of that but basically at one point like i was trying to gain control over it and i was also feeling very like fun and joyous which is a through line throughout the entire experience including the part where i was sick to my stomach but at one point i looked over and there was like basically like a piece of fruit that was alive and there was a piece of fruit that was dying and like in my head joking i was like hey, circle of life and it was just like like in my head it was very like fun and very like just seeing and dude i it felt like i was punched in the brain the moment I had that thought like I made some yeah. like dumb joke and some kind of just like trying to be like haha I got control and it was it literally felt like I was like the whole thing was like no you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna chill now and you're gonna not have any kind of whatever and so there was that happening that had a sense of playfulness about it which is creepy sounding mm -hmm. all of it's very creepy um, or there's at least a little bit of a creepiness to it, especially if you're having a bad time, which you can on mushrooms. Um, this is by the, no, this is good. like, you're doing a very good description of your inner experiences. Okay, good. I'm glad. Yeah. For, um, for, that's what I'm hoping it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. And it's again, not trying to be like, I had this, bit, but this is what it was like. Yeah. And so there was a definite sense of like, okay, I have no idea what's going on and I'm pretending to have some idea of what's going on. And that knocked me out for a little bit. And then I would start looking at the, you know, basically people when they describe mushrooms, a lot of times I'll talk about the walls, stuff on the walls starts melting, mm -hmm. people's faces melt, they shift, all that. All that's true. And it was crazy. Uh, and yeah. it's what, and you, you can imagine that happening. And here I would say this, if we're going into like the, the experience of it, the, imagining stuff on the wall melting or imagine somebody imagining somebody's face melting is not in and of itself a uh in my experience a particularly like profound thing um because when you imagine something like that you're just like oh yeah okay you can imagine anything melting like it's yeah. you can imagine you can imagine sh you know faces shifting you can in your mind's eye but this is happening outside of you if, it's truly idea. happening yeah, as yeah. yeah and it's yeah. it also happens when you just stay very still and it happens in your reflection and so all of that while being accompanying typically or at least in my experience with a um, sense of of otherness that is comforting so there is a it's like you feel like you're like you're solid you feel good and you're also incredibly happy and everything is very vivid so it's like a movie-like experience where things are changing and kind of playing with you almost it feels at least like that like there is a silliness to it or at least that's again what my experience was so anyway at one point i look up in the clouds and i see like the clouds you know a chair pops up on the cloud and then there's like this like snowman on it uh, made of cloud and he's like smiling and i see his little like he's like this chubby sort of little friendly guy and he just starts kicking his legs and like shaking his head back and forth like he was having the greatest time of his life i've never seen anything like that i've never mm -hmm. seen a like a character like that it wasn't like um i guess that would be a hallucination i guess like you kind of i was hallucinating some kind of a a figure yeah combining that with like seeing the mountains move and all that stuff and then but the so you see all of this stuff on the outside of you and 
then there is a, and then I, I recognized at some point in it that I was like performing, like I was being uh, entertaining for the person I was with. I was being very like present for them, but also like using sort of bits and like kind of like being funny to distract myself from what was happening. And it, it got to a point where it was like, it felt, I f it felt like the, the experience I was having was basically such that there, whatever that other nest was, was sort of like, you gotta calm down or like relax for a second. And I'm sure, you know, obviously this stuff is all happening in my own mind. My brain's getting rushed with dopamine or whatever it is. But the experience was still that I was like, Oh, I need to, to just be myself here and, and relax and, and take a deep breath. And then from that moment on, I was like, I had the conscious thought where I was just like, okay, let's just see what happens. Let's see what this thing can mm -hmm. do. And, um, closed my eyes, watched like weird shapes appear, all that stuff. And then, uh, uh, was just sort of like truly taken aback. I look at the ground. Did I tell you about the ground? Like so the ground starts breathing. Of course, of course that's the yeah, most, you yeah. know, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then there were times where literally everything was working in this weird sort of unison. So like the ground would be breathing while the clouds were shifting and while the leave, what, well, you know, the, the, palm trees are are also like forming shapes and faces and all that stuff so it was all and it would all work together in this very like psychedelic experience but the entire time the thing that no one in my you know listening to people explain this thing they don't really explain the sort of like playfulness and sweetness and fun to it that I didn't mm. expect. There's also like coming down from it, at least in my experience, it's not necessarily a very depressing thing. It doesn't feel very bad. It actually feels, you know, pretty good because the come down is so slow. So anyway, yeah. the overall takeaways were the, the sort of ability to, to experience it alongside the analyzing and then also the giving up of the analyzing, which is of course metaphorical and beautiful and has its own sort of lesson to be learned. But then the also, the addition later of like this uh, ridiculous playfulness um, that I, that you don't, I don't think I realized I still had, like there was like a childlike sort of like silliness that I think is valuable. So, in so now that I'm wrapping up here, but when it comes to whatever this acid communism thing is or whatever this type mm -hmm. of thing is, I can understand where they would think that that could be useful if only to kind of lighten everybody up a little bit. And I, it, that obviously is very simplified. Um, and it's also artificial. Like that was, I kept in reminding myself the entire time. I was like, this is a high, like, this is not real. This is not whatever. And it got to a point where I just started like laughing a lot about mm. that because I was realizing that I was like trying again to make sure I had control over it. And then I started laughing at the fact that I was laughing and it was kind of just like, it was a very, fun very sweet very good experience and i also made a point to not write things down and not like you know uh put too much stock in it like i wanted to just do it and then have the effects of it afterward um and again this was ages ago so who knows what you know when this could have you know really uh years ago yeah. um but anyway yeah so i i did the whole thing um had that feeling of like uh you know aware that it can't be everything but it's still was nice. It still had better lasting effects afterward than I would say literally any vice that I've partaken in. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED go. talk. And yeah. um, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Joe Rogan and uh, and any any LA comedian who has en <laughs> encouraged the use of these things. Did you did you have any sense of um, guilt? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I felt like I was yeah uh, oneness. Was what I was gonna say. Any mm -hmm. kind of sense? Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what it's very. On, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a sense of oneness, but it, it wasn't a sense of. Um, mm -hmm. It definitely, yeah. The the oneness thing, especially when things are moving in synchronicity, yeah. you kind of can see your own. Like at one point, I put my hand on the ground that was in, like creepishly inhaling and exhaling, and it like went down with it, and like it mm -hmm. it did it checks out. Like when you look at it, and you're like, no, that's not really doing that. It'll kind of keep doing it at times. But you can also go into a bathroom to pee and the walls can start closing in on you and it can become terrifying for a second. Yeah. So it's not like it is literally a drug. Like the, there's no uh, no real way around it. I also don't think it's something that when I'm when I get when I've been done doing it, I'm not like, I'm going to do this again tomorrow. Like yeah. it's very um, uh, not something that I think should be taken lightly or not without like, you know, do it crossing your T's and dotting your eyes. Yeah. Is the phrase. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, there's loads, loads in that. Um, I mean, one, one of the very, as a minor thing is like, it does give you an experience of what 
some people experience when they're having a psychotic break because when you're having a psychotic break the, you're repressed what's called returns in the real which means it returns actually in reality mm-hmm. so you feel either you're being looked at or you're being spoken to or you see things in reality ghosts or people mm-hmm. or kind of strange and it's actually there in your experience and very few people experience that but weirdly if you're on drugs you can get an experience of that um, it definitely feels like that it, the only thing i would say that it doesn't line up with that entirely is at no point in my time with it did i feel like i was not aware yeah that it, that that was exactly a feeling yeah. i was yeah. having and not like a, and that's the, yeah that's the big difference because you're not you're not terrorized by it as in it's not like it's not something that is you know you know you're on a drug mm-hmm. you know you kind of like it's not something that just is imposed on you mm-hmm. but mind you if someone put that drug in your drink and you didn't know you were taking the drug it might be closer to that experience because you know you're not in an environment where you're going i'm bringing on this experience yeah absolutely might be different i don't know what i mean it'd be horrifying yeah that could be horrifying that's why yeah, yeah that goes back to like making sure that it's not taken you know lightly or yeah you not even taking it and knowing that you're taking it but also taking it and being in a safe isolated environment like it's a very it's also very taxing on the brain like when mm-hmm. i was done with it i was like this is your, the brain feels like it's kind of worn out which is ironic because it's also a very light feeling during it's very freeing and very wonderful but it's like you know i went to bed at like nine o'clock and i was just like uh, i mean i know that for you yeah that's that, that late you do yeah <laughs> you would be you'd be if you did mushrooms you'd be in bed by 3 p.m yeah for, yep. you know, at the latest um but yeah it's very like it's not something that i think is uh like doing a smoothie where you're just like yeah. i feel better now it's like you do it and you're like oh i kind of need to, to not do anything for yeah. a little bit it can feel rest. like yeah some people i know who have taken it for kind of like uh say let's call it spiritual reasons they you know it feels like work it's like they don't go like i'm not doing it all the time because it actually t- it, it takes a yeah. lot out of you it's it you know it, you're maybe getting insights whatever but yeah it's not it's not like you're coming out of it refreshed mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah and it's it's definitely a you come you don't come out of it necessarily sad or 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 morose like you do it's not a hangover by any stretch of the imagination but it's definitely a feeling of like uh just like it be like going to a personal trainer and having all of you it's like a kid who went to disneyland and then at the end of the day he's just like tuckered out because he went on all the rides like yeah. you're just like oh i had the most fun i could possibly have so there's nothing to do it's like okay this is a, it's it also i will say is a truly heaven like euphoric feeling that is is hard to uh to to not like be very seduced by and very yeah. just like I want this all the time but yeah. um it also reminds me it's the only thing in my life that's ever reminded me of the feeling that I had during the holy laughter revival which I've oh, obviously yeah, yeah. talked about a thousand times but like in Carpenters in Lakeland when they did the holy laughter revival and like I got quote unquote baptized in the holy spirit and fell down uh and laughed forever and ever and ever I remember because it, it I remember that feeling and it was very reminiscent to that because it was just un- uncontrollable kind of joyful laughter um, that felt like it was being sort of thrown at you, yeah. not necessarily that it was coming from some observation of yours. And that's both cool, but also, you know, it's a little, it's very intense. Yeah. And, that, there, and there, are, there are big links between the acid, the psychedelic culture and the Christian culture. I mean, um, there's a book, uh, a guy, Kester Bruin wrote called Getting High that explores this. But um, basically, if you look at, in the 70s there was a there and this is what i'd like to talk about a bit is but there was this psychedelic revolution and there were a number of people really seduced by it and kind of felt that uh this could lead to higher consciousness and it could lead to um, a development in society and a, a growth beyond you know consumerism and all of the problems of society yeah free us from the yeah, yeah. there's a lot of that i mean in my experience on it it was very like yeah. i don't need these i don't i'm i'm constantly trying to to do you know have a beer or have a whiskey or you know smoke weed or something else like there's always some kind of an escapism that's happening i was like it's really not necessary for me to have i have everything i need and that's something i'm saying while you know of oh, course yeah. taking something else but uh also- but yeah but yeah so yeah but that that kind of experience and then when it failed the failure of that uh, then turned into a lot of the hippies then went to started into charismatic christianity mm-hmm. so some of the hippies went from the psychedelic culture into the charismatic culture and that's where you get the hippie music that you know all these verses that are used in charismatic churches and um it was on the jesus people all this stuff happened on the west coast 
And um, so interestingly, you know, you went from getting high on psychedelics to getting high on holy laughter. And I just did the opposite. Yeah, yeah, you did the other way around. And that's happening again. Now I'm seeing as a lot of people are moving from charismatic evangelical religion and moving into... Uh, kind of uh, kind of drugs and psychedelics. Stuff. Yeah, it's it, not it, an, it's, a, it's a circular thing. It's a circuit. Yeah, it's not a difficult leap at all. It's, it's an odd, very not a leap at all. Yeah. yeah. The feeling is is the same. There's a sense of sense of community. There's a sense of uh, I mean, even there's sort of like a you know there's like a uh, I mean, I've never really thought about this, and I think it's half BS, but like the idea of taking communion. You know, you take like the bread, and you take the wine, and there's also like when you do something like mushrooms. Um, it, there is like, it's earthy. It tastes like dirt. It's like you're, there's some kind of like very organic feeling about it, even though it's, you know, covered in, I think shit, uh, it's like pretty gross, but, um, and it grosses me out to eat it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, there is that same sense of like, very like, this is, I'm going to take this and then I'm going to wait. And it's just like, you take the thing and you have that, it's, and you have the, you know, the, the monks and the nuns do the paternoster, the repetitive prayers that lull you into a type of meditative state. Yeah. And then mystical ecstatics. Like there is a huge number of connections between religion uh, and, uh, and the, and psychedelic drug culture. Yeah. Um, The, um, the acid communism thing or the sort of like, I mean, if everyone did it, this would just do I don't have any kind of, I didn't take that or take anything away or take anything like that away from my experience. But I also don't think like that. I'm sure that I think about it just in terms of like my own subjective experience. And in that there is definitely like a, Oh, this is helpful in yeah. that yeah. I can, it, it can kind of remind you of, of goodness a little bit yeah. and like a, that feeling that I yeah. think is important because we get so bogged down with stuff. But that um, is, I mean, and just to, yeah, the, the thing it, is, yeah. so that is kind of like, just to give a, a brief definition of acid communism, um, it's actually, it was a phrase uh, that a guy called Mark Fisher uh, came up with and uh, he was writing a book on it before he, he sadly took his life. Mark Fisher is a brilliant theorist, um, but he was exploring this kind of 70s psychedelic culture and and the idea of higher consciousness and what what if anything is its political connotations and so in a way you could say some people think that by taking psychedelics it can sensitize you more to your interconnectedness with reality it can sensitize you more to um, your interconnectedness with other people Um, it can uh, increase your empathy and um and basically increase your sense of uh you know soci- soci- sociality with yeah. others right and that you know in a controlled way you know in a in a way that's not regulated by big government um if there are communities that are taking these substances in in uh legitimate ways like in responsible ways uh, it could help see how we're more interconnected and, and do away with a variety of social evils which might help with yeah decision political decision making when you are coming from more empathy instead yeah. of just black and white sort of and thing. actually I, I met someone last week who is a type of i mean he probably wouldn't know the term but he's, he was a type of acid communist but he was a uh, more intense of marijuana but very very um very committed to trying to to get people to smoke more as a way of creating a change in yeah. transformation society so it sounds all very good so i i want to say a little bit about what my concern with that is um and then we can take it from there and i'm just going to be you know this is they'll just do it in a very broad nutshell i like this is because after i just sort of uh explained the good parts i, I you're gonna you're mm. gonna buzz kill the whole thing i'm gonna buzz kill the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> thankfully most people for you most people will just go no i want to take psychedelics anyway no, i don't no, care no. what pete says just because you yeah. should doesn't mean i think you should yeah um so the issue for 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 me today in ideology is that we actually already have a split, right? And the split is in consci- consciously we think that everyone is equal under the law, that everyone that that we are all interconnected, that broadly speaking we are all equal, and and the, the law should recognize that, education should recognize that, corporations should recognize that. So that's the that's the that's our conscious ideology. But here's the weird thing, and there's a guy called is it so- uh, Soen uh, Rattle, I think is Alfred Soen Rattle, is maybe how you pronounce his name, and he wrote a very interesting book that explores how yes we think that consciously, 
but we're split because in our everyday economic interactions, we act as practical solipsists. We are atomized, self-interested beings. So every time I buy my cereal or I put gas in the car or I just purchase uh, you know, a Netflix, there's all sorts of exploitations going on right about where all of that comes from all the interconnect there's all sorts of crazy stuff that's yeah. happened to get that gas into my tank to get that cereal onto my table right and i'm completely blind to it when i enter the market i treat myself as the only person that's important is me i exchange my money for commodities and i do not have any sense of guilt or any sense of connection with where that commodity because you've segregated yourself from the guilt yeah. of the, the trauma that the sacrifice to cause all that to create those things has caused yes i've completely detached from it now weirdly consciously i see i all i see is equality i look around and go well, yeah with, with like there's not all equality there are problems but i'm like oh yeah but we're kind of going there right side of history you know if, if things go well enough we'll get some more equality so i'm kind of seeing the world maybe as unequal but i'm kind of hoping that you know it's getting better and better so you're you're so you're saying you we have <clears throat> when we go in we buy our, our uh little debbie and it, it's for me but i am unable to i've separated myself from recognizing that the creation of that little debbie has uh what's a little debbie little debbie's a little uh sugary cake oh nice that, yeah. uh, there's a multiple types but um, I'm imagining an oatmeal cream pie for our listeners yeah. <laughs> um, they're individually wrapped in plastic and they last for a billion years if you leave them on the shelf mm. they're basically like Twinkies you've seen Twinkies before oh yeah yeah that's yeah. hostess but yeah. yeah anyway little Debbie hostess same same kind of deal but um so you're saying that we've separated ourselves from the the feeling of badness that would come with realizing that the stuff we buy on a regular basis actually harms people elsewhere yeah we're kind of structurally schizophrenic our responsibility yes now yeah we're, we're kind of weirdly we're both things entirely so we're completely in our consciousness thinking about like we're all equal under it's not feudalism lords and servants people are free some people have more some people don't but we're all equal under the law all of that so we're kind of we've got this extreme kind of vision of equality and then the repressed dimension of that comes out in our social activity and yes so we when we actually purchase we're not thinking about it we are we are in, enacting a solipsistic atomized self-interested being disconnected from from real oppressions that are built into society we just don't see them so if that's the case like broadly like if we say okay that if if you broadly accept that and go oh yeah yeah that's right when i buy cereal i'm just it's just a commodity that sits in a in a supermarket and i'm completely detached from the uh, social networks and relationships and exploitations that made that that cereal then the issue for me is sometimes drug use it it brings you to higher consciousness so you more and more enter into the fantasy of oneness and wholeness but it doesn't touch our actual practical economic interactions so well one of two things happens one is you take drugs and it just makes you a better consumer so you kind of even more feel beautiful and one with everything in your hollywood mansion uh in sure. engaging with all sorts of exploitation and not and and the drug use doesn't connect you at all with that because so for me basically the choice is between higher consciousness and lower consciousness you should pick lower consciousness lower consciousness is where you start to realize what's going on almost unconsciously what what you're consciously doing but not consciously aware of and for me drug use can actually make you feel more beautiful more kind more caring and and even more detached from the economic reality of your participation in society hmm. and then the other dimension is or you can take drugs and it does detach you from uh consumerism mm -hmm. but then it's even worse because the repressed antagonism doesn't it doesn't manifest in your economic life it mana it'll manifest in an extreme way i mean obviously the the examples are jim jones mm -hmm. as the religious example and charles manson as the secular example sure, yeah, yeah. this is where you try and create a non-antagonistic utopian society 
And in that act of trying to get rid of the antagonism, it returns with such violence that it, it erupts in some very negative way. So I there mean, you go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Um, part of it is like, in my mind, I, I'm having difficulty connecting mm. certain parts of what okay. you're saying with the other parts. But one, it sounds like Jim Jones and the Charles Manson things. Uh, they're extremes. Are, they're exactly. Yeah, they're extremes. So I can't real, really, you know, I don't think it's the same as like capitalism having, you know, sort of, you know, shoved to the side negative effects because I think those are just extreme situations. Um, whereas in, in, in my understanding and like the consumer market, it seems like that's a, it's a through line, like any consumption, any kind of thing that you're just buying and selling money for is always going to result in that. I don't think the result of, um, you know, drug use or psychedelics is necessarily always going to result in a Charles Manson or no, no, no not all. And I for know me, you're not yeah, saying that. For me, for me, mostly it just makes you a better consumer. Yeah, ninety percent of drug users of psychedelics are upper middle class or middle class people who. It's very privileged. It's very, and, yeah. but, but I think there's a there's a there's a connection with that, which is, I think it's a way to basically get the liberal ideology on speed so basically it's turning liberal ideology to 11 so you really feel pure and good and fighting for equality and all of that stuff and it completely disconnects you from from actually where exploitation is happening exploitation isn't happening in your consciousness it's happening in your material interaction in the world i guess yeah i mean i didn't i mean this is relating my experience with the acid communism thing so i'm having to like well, see, what I like about you is you're not you're not trying to say there's a political dimension to no, this. Yeah, For so me, it's a, as a recreational thing, it's totally fine. The only thing I'm thinking about is that kind of thing that you're saying. The um, the sort of like this can this can make this happen that that can make you sort of believe that you're outside of the system when in actuality, the only reason you're able to have that perspective is because you've already you know I can kind of wrap my head around that kind of thing. But I will say mm -hmm. that. If you were to ex to experience the mushrooms and to take the mushrooms, you could still have your cognizance. You could still have these ideas. You could still have these opinions that you're having. I just think you'd find them really funny, and uh, I think that you would find. I think you'd walk away from the same morals or the same sort of not more. That's the wrong word, but same uh, ideas with a lightness that might make them easier to both digest and actually enact regardless yeah. of what they might be. So well, he, let me give you, let me give you an example. See what you think of this. This is a true example. A friend of mine took psychedelics and he was telling me about this experience of seeing this homeless person and feeling this profound empathy, feeling that he was one with this homeless person, that actually all of the differences and all of the social historical contingent things meant nothing. That, that he was in, when he looked in that guy's eyes, there was this moment of oneness, this moment of connection, mm -hmm. that really nothing separates us. And I'm going like, yes, that's the zero sum uh, fantasy yeah is that because it's oneness yeah it's yeah. which is as but but, but, that, but that for me is actually going the wrong direction because what that's done is it's covered over the actual truth and the truth is that our and my interactions and way of economically engaging with the world has actually created a fundamental difference that is that is created so whenever I go we're all one I'm going like the problem with that is it's actually going in the wrong direction. It's go, it's going in the, the, the right direction yeah. is to kind of see not that, oh, we're both humans and our souls are interconnected and there's some eternal recurrence. It's more that um, what, what I want is a drug that helps you see your material, it helps you see the horror of the truth of your material involvement in the world. My argument... No one's going to take that drug, but... Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think you're actually... you're here. So you have this system that, you know, this consumerist thing that results in horrors that you don't have to see. Okay. So they're so traumatic and so whatever and so bad that we have developed a system that we don't have to look yes, at them at all. Yes. So we split ourselves like schizophrenically. Yeah. Just like put it away. Conscious ideology. Yeah. I have my our, iPhone. Yeah. It came out of a magical factory yes. that's made of butterflies. Like yeah, it's a perfectly. Yeah. Leprechauns make them. Exactly. Yeah. And my car, it's, it, it, you know. It doesn't affect anything. It's just a car. And the funny thing is, we know that's not the case, but we still act as if it is. That's the funny thing. Like, right. like you ask anybody, you go, oh, yeah, my iPhone, there's definitely exploitation. In it. So we're not even so unconscious know. of it. We, we know it's just a fetish object. We, so, we pretend we don't know. So I would say if you know these things, but it becomes 
so difficult to look at. Like if mm. you see a homeless person, I tend to not make eye contact yeah, with homeless much. people. Yeah, so it's too much. So if you have an experience that allows you to look at these things and look at the uh, the things that you are ignoring for a temporary amount of time in a way that doesn't feel traumatic, because if it wasn't traumatic, we probably wouldn't have hid it away from us for you know yeah. a century. So if we've hid it all away, if we put it away, and then this thing allows us to go, Oh, this person, this homeless person that is that is uh, uh, outcast from society is very similar to me. I can, I would, I'd, I'm on the side that that's more beneficial than it is. No, see, when, yeah, no, I'm pushing a different drug, mm-hmm. right? My drug, I, I'm a drug dealer, weed. and I'm drugging. <laughs> yes, yes, buy mm-hmm. the weed off me. <laughs> no, my drug is lower consciousness. My drug, pyrotheology, I mean, is that's... you take you take the pyro pill. And what the pyro pill does, it goes the opposite direction. Yes, yes. Is I, I, it, I, it, it, you encounter your your you encounter basically the 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 fetish object. The fetish disappears, and you see the truth. Mm-hmm. You see your uh, the constellation of factors that that hook you into society that are disavowed. Which is very beautiful. I mean, that's yeah. beautiful. That's a very. I don't know that it's necessarily. So just support me on Patreon. Yeah, and you yeah. Get this, this tablet. <laughs> this, this very good thing. Uh, it sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get rid of the mushroom man. Let's, yeah. let's dive into this good yeah. stuff. Um, <laughs> let's go to Vegas and take. Let's some go of to that. Vegas and look at how our actions result in chaos all around yeah, us. Yeah, look at how uh, Vegas is built on the. Dis- desperation and yes. sorrow of millions <laughs> now that said um yeah i mean i i don't i don't necessarily think we're talking about it uh the opposite ends of any yeah. spectrum here like i don't think and that it, and they, you know i don't want to be the dick i know i'm going to sound like the dick um because in one way i'm going like yeah it's well, a bit dude, of fun i'm not even a bit of fun it might even make you a bit more creative it might even have positive oh, effects but I am being very straight edge and I know I am because in a sense, I think that unfortunately the psychedelic culture, I think is the culture of higher consciousness and genuinely it's, it's not realizing that the truth of who we are is in our material practices, not in our consciousness. Our consciousness is actually a defense mechanism to protect us from seeing our material involvement. And the more drugs you take, the more you feed your consciousness into divorcing you from darker realities that i can totally understand um i i think you should you know try it before you know what <laughs> okay, happens yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know don't knock it till you try it would be uh, one part of it but um yeah i, I also just as we you're not ask people to tell me on twitter whether you should think i should take it or not i'd be genuinely interested that's well, not everyone's just gonna, gonna want you to take no it. i think people might some people might go no you're right man you're gonna like you're Maybe. you're trying you're trying to go to lower consciousness so dude i would love direction i would love to do a follow-up on this episode after you've done it where you try to say the same stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> with like While a, I'm a script. No, no, no 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 not at all that's <laughs> i don't i don't play that game yeah, at all yeah. that's another interesting thing about it is it makes you not want to look at your phone at all it's like the most like any screen or electronic thing becomes very like you're just like Ugh. it's like a it becomes a a uh, very uh, gross thing. But anyway, just as I don't want, it's just as you don't want to come off as the straight edge dick who's dismissing, you know, drug experiences as, yeah. you know, ultimately harmful because it'll feed a delusion that will ultimately contribute because to the, Because you, you know, know the truth, by the way, the, the truth that no one will tell you is hippies are just fascists with flares. Because um, the, the fantasy of the hippie is a non-antagonistic utopic dimension and that is the dream the zero-sum dream of fascism is a non-antagonistic collective uh but i i didn't i didn't you know slice and dice a hippie and eat it with peanut butter you know the hippie isn't the drug i think you're going to be a hippie soon if you keep taking it you will become a hippie i mean i've always been you know i'm always kind of a little hippie but i mean you can be anything and take a thing it doesn't make you the thing that happened that's oh that's what i'm saying like just as you don't want to be the the anti-drug straight edge guy i also don't want to be the hippie dippy psychedelic exactly well there you go i think somewhere in the middle yeah just as i yeah just as i don't want to be that hippie guy i also would be it would be disingenuous for me not to to talk about the good effects of it that i personally you you know what i think the difference is i think your disclaimer is um everyone should take it but they shouldn't and i'm saying no one should take it but you should yeah that's kind of it that's it because in one sense you're going like yeah great but you know maybe shouldn't where i'm going like don't but then i go like but if everyone has to do something have a few i have drinks i i go to the cinema like sometimes you need to you need to 
get out of the difficulties of life. I have no problems with that. But my issue is when it comes to acid communism, when it comes to psychedelics as a political venture, I go, it's the wrong way. And I think yeah. everyone should read Slavio Shizek's The Sublime Object of Ideology to see a good critique of that. Great. But yeah. I'm just doing a course on it at the moment. So I, I, I think it's a, it's a good book. And it, it kind of gets into this issue. It's a hard book, but it gets into this issue. Um, sounds very good. Yeah. I think anybody who takes anything like that that is like, I mean, it's like the, the it, Joe Rogan became a meme because he talked about DMT so much and this, and you know, have you done DMT? Have you done DMT? And there's all these, you know, memes on the internet that are just like, somebody says some random thing and Joe Rogan's like, yeah, but have you done DMT? Like if you become that guy where you think that doing this thing can solve all of your problems, I don't necessarily believe that. I will say that it, it did the takeaway that I felt after it was done was my desire. And this has been consistent since the experience. My desire to drink uh, alcohol has decreased by like 65 to 75% or something so like that. So you're only like two or three drinks a day then? No? Oh, <laughs> no. I mean, I still take the normal 10. Okay, okay. Well, that's I just en- only enjoy seven. Yes. All right. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, but it's truly like with the moment it was done, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't. It's, I don't have any, I'm good for a long time. Um, now that said, I'm still having a beer and like yeah, all that. Yeah, so I'm not, yeah, yeah. you know, you're I'm not, not a dweeb. You're, you're, yeah, of course. You're, you're still going to drink. My um, geek. Yeah. I'm a hippie. Here's, here's the, here's an issue. Here's an issue. Okay. Right? Issue is of course, right. If I take it, it's going to be fucking awesome. Right. Because just like prop, here's prop. Yes. Cause it's a drug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. Same with propaganda, propaganda. And I, this is why I came off social media is because he kind of was working on me even though I knew the mechanism. So propaganda basically gets you to hate someone. It, get, it, it emotes you. It, it, it creates an affect. So you see, a, you see an article that so annoys you, um, you so agree with and you so hate the other that you don't really do due diligence. You don't think. Um, it, it stops you thinking. Yes. There's a guy I really like. Did I mention this quote last week? I don't think so. Uh, Beyond, Wilfred Beyond, who's a, a theorist, psychoanalyst, he was part of this chaotic institution. And uh, someone asked him, you know, what do you think about what's going on in this institution? And he said, what's going on makes it unconducive to thought. I thought, that's a very clever saying, which is like, so if someone asks me, what do I think about the current political situation? I'm going to, the current political situation makes it difficult to think, you know, and that's what propaganda does. You can't think, it stops you from thinking. It's effective even if you don't want it to be. And in the same way, like porn or anything. So if I take the drug, I'm going to really enjoy it and potentially going to get seduced by it. But I still think the materialist critique of it uh, is legitimate. <laughs> um, I don't know what the, what's the materialist critique. The thing which you just is said, that the... it's yeah that it's it's taking you're going in the wrong direction. You're it's it's taking you further away from uh, acknowledging the contingent historical materialist factors. It's basically there's a seduction yeah. to it that is definitely dangerous, and it definitely I would say the most dangerous part about it would be what you're talking about mm-hmm. the the sort of um, opting out of society in a way that is not at all beneficial to society. Like some, yeah. it can, I can see that happening yeah. to a lot of people, which and, is why. And it's the two options. It's either, either you opt out and opting out's the even worse one. Cause if you opt out, you create a community of utopia, which will generate some sort of return of the repressed, or you don't opt out and it just makes you a better consumer. Anyway, I, those are the two options. But the other thing you're talking about, the thing that of, of, you know, you're going to enjoy it. You could be seduced, all that stuff that's that's the opposite end for me of going, you know, you, you don't watch the R-rated movies, you don't play the video game, it'll make you, you know, crash your car or steal a car. If you could play Grand Theft Auto, you're going to steal yeah. a car or something. Like, you, for, you know, pragmatically speaking, the thing happens in waves, <clears throat> or the experience happens in waves, and you are aware of it the entire time, so there's not necessarily, I think, a, uh, a, a, it, it only, in my experience with it adds a a dimension to what you're already thinking it's not necessarily going to in my guesstimation with you uh it would never be like a oh everything i think is wrong and this is i do however think it will the invasion of it and the effect that it has on your brain will be a profound thing but it is a it's truly a feeling it's not a uh there's no thought of like anything other than just or at least in my experience there was no thought other than just like this is hilarious like the fact that you that you're so obsessed right now 
with being on this uh, drug and having it figured out is so funny because everything is so ridiculous looking right now. And there's like clouds that are like laughing at you. And it's like, you're, it's like living in a cartoon and then mm. trying to be like, Oh, well, this is what I'm experiencing is a rush of dopamine. And it just becomes comical in and of itself, but not in a way that when in, in my experience, when you walk away from it, you're like, wow, I'm better. I'm different. Even though I will say I looked for that the entire time. I kept looking for that higher consciousness. Yeah. I kept looking for something to be like, I am this thing, this one thing, anything, you know, everything. But my takeaway was going back to like the playfulness, the absurdity of it. All yeah. of that, I can't say would do anything one way or the other in terms of consumerism. But in my yeah. personal experience, having a sort of like seriousness to me and having a certain like, you know, scriptedness and very like, am I kind making chilled you out a bit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that that well, I think that, is that, valuable. That's, yeah, that, exactly. That's where I'm like, you know, I can be I can be drawn in to go. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool experience, like a VR experience. Folks, please tell Pete to do it just so you can listen to these. Just we just do it as a podcast. But uh, you you know you know the, like this is just to be hit with the kids for a second. I want to talk about the Matrix? Um, yeah, yeah. Bring, um, bring it back. Bring it back. But the Matrix is lo lots of interesting things. But one of the interesting things is it's premise. So basically, the Matrix is ideology. It's what's all around you, but you don't see. It's what you see through. So it's a it's it's ideology and and the t the drug in the matrix is a drug that is designed to do the opposite of normal drugs i.e not to get you to kind of like more engage in the matrix so we're all connected everything's broadly okay you know the high point of civilization etc cetera, etc cetera. but a drug that helps you see what's going on behind the, the scenes. ugliness yeah. yeah or they live is a great example of have you seen they live mm -hmm. my favorite movie of all time absolutely fantastic where you put on these glasses and uh, you realize there's aliens all around and all the billboards have things like obey uh you know uh reproduce don't think and uh, the whole thing is when you put these glasses on you you see behind the ideology that's fun yeah it's very fun oh, we got let's watch that let's that watch that nice. in the next couple of nights it's so good um but that's the kind of drug that i think we need it is the dr so it's not the drug that brings you to higher consciousness uh it's the drug that weirdly shows the truth of our um uh, the constellation of our relations with each other that are currently not conscious they're embedded in our material actions it's hard to explain but yeah I get, I, get, I get what you're saying I think that there is always a utilitarian uh, there's a desire to make these things very utilitarian and very like the answer to something especially if it's something so, as powerful as a, yeah. a mushroom experience or a mushroom trip um, that said uh, there is another the recreational element to it and the desire to um you know be in commune with people be connected with people that stuff is 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 also profound and very nice but it also is like in my my like aim with it has always been to just be like this is something i'm doing as a either a bonding thing or like a um, almost like it's like going on vacation. It's also just a, as a fun fact, uh, time uh, with it. Just if you're if you're interested in like kind of, I guess it's like the druggiest experience you could possibly have. That doesn't. It's not like gross in my mind. Like I feel like other drugs are pretty gross. Um, what they do is kind of has a grossness to it. But the the element of um, or the 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 way that time feels when you're on this stuff is so interesting mm. and it's so it's so interesting i guess that would be my big like yeah. takeaway that i think is is the uh on the encouraging people to do it even though i got sick to my stomach i was very worried i was going to throw up it was very you know like um it, it can be scary at times it's intimidating i was very conservative i was very careful blah blah um and even then though it still had negative side effects for the first hour or whatever but the <clears throat> I looked at the clock. I could have sworn it had been four or five hours or something. And it had been, uh, it was 11 AM, uh, when I took it and it was one thirty when I looked at the clock and it, in that hour and a half, it felt like, I mean, a full day. Like it felt like I'd done a full shift at some kind of fun theme park or something. Um, and that's just interesting. It's, yeah. it's, and it's a unique feeling that I think we obviously don't get to experience in everyday life and time can feel like it's flying by so constantly. Um, if, you know, if you 
take something like this in a safe environment and have a good time with it, it can feel like you just sort of are stretching an entire, or more like packing um, a day's worth of experiences into such a little amount of time, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. It's just not that it's profound. Not I feel that like a I feel, no, look, at, look at me. I poured cold water on your experience, and I'm like, oh, not yeah, at okay, all, yeah. not at all, not at all. <laughs> I, if if you were, because I don't think you pour cold, cold water at all, because I think you're just talking about true things. Like I agree with what you're saying, and I also mm. would ha- would hate for, you know, you, I don't like when anybody has that kind of like everybody should do this. Like I'm saying that joke repeatedly because it is a joke. Like I don't care. Like, yeah, who cares yeah, what people, yeah. I'm not trying to, I'm not preaching this stuff. I'm not trying to. No. And here's uh, the thing. Like I really respect you and I really respect some other people I know you're the one. who have done it. Um, and so it's like, you know, I can't deny that the people I, people I respect have got something. You're actually out of the people I know who do it. You're the one who's least uh, kind of saying, you know, I got something profound out of it, whereas you're you're more saying, well, it was prof- a profoundly interesting experience, mm-hmm. but not drawing too many other conclusions. Yeah, I mean, but I, you know, that- I want to respect that, but but by be, but also being clear about my critique, which I think I have been, and you know. definitely, and I would also say I'm not being transparent about my personal, all of my personal takeaways with it. Yeah. Like, there's definitely still things, feelings of you know. Uh, lessons learned and all that, which I love. It's all very fun and it, when you can experience or learn something in a way that feels very from your core. It's very nice. It feels very like embedded in you. And that's, it's, it's a good sort of like, it makes you feel a little stronger when it comes to like recognizing things about yourself. Um, but that's not, I'm not, I'm less interested in, in sort of encouraging people to do it for that reason, because I feel like that's just, I don't know. I feel like that's such a, that's when it starts to feel a little preachy and a little bit like you should do this so that you can become a better person and you should, it's like, no, do it if you want to do it, but also do it with lightness and playfulness and, and And my, and my worry is like my response to people who have said that to me is kind of like, I think it might make you a worse person because it might actually, as I say, bring you to think that the issues in society are ideas, consciousness, whenever um, the real issue is you should be able to look at someone, say, who's homeless, and a drug that actually lets you see how um, th- your interaction in the world is part of, and it's, by the way, it's not, this is not a big downer, it's like we're, all, we're kind of all part of it, but, but more, if we can, re- and I don't, if, but if we could really see the craziness, we'd all probably be like that one in The Matrix who then says, reconnect me to the matrix i do want to see the truth mm. the truth is difficult but i don't also know it can be fun it can be enjoyable to see the truth and to try to live differently it can't yeah. be fun you know? this uh this may be this is going to paint me in not maybe the most <laughs> empathetic light but uh the um i don't know that there's necessarily a thing that i could be shown that would like you're talking about like the obey thing and the yeah, reproduce yeah, yeah. thing or, or like the fight club thing of you know you kind of see the the consumerist way that like you know draws you in i don't know that there is for me personally a uh way for me to get from point a to point oppression that makes me truly empathetic toward the subject like if you go there is well you know if you throw the plastic straw if you drink out of the plastic straw all that type of stuff it's like well yeah but (laughs) even that's like you know you're the way that you're buying this makes this happen if you if you were to show me everything by the time you got to the person experiencing it they are so far out of my life that unfortunately i just don't have the empathy capacity to really care but if i take something or if i have some kind of trip that brings me to the the trauma that they're under or the 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 place that they're in or our similarities and then from then that connection can make me un- better understand or better see sort of the intricacies of these things yeah. then that would be a better experience i do think what you're talking about is is seeing someone and being like we're just the same aren't we ah oh, isn't that nice and then there's no action there's no it's almost like once you see that kind of we're just the same you and me then it makes it way easier to kind of ignore the fact that like it's you causing that like you're a part of yeah. the system that's creating that and all, and, yeah and I, like when you said like yeah i think because the issue as well for me is yeah it's not because we all know that that's the thing like and this is the this is the really difficult bit i don't know if we've got time to to go much further how long have we been going I mean, we're, we're a little long but we're yeah, all right yeah. okay well very quickly I'll, I'll say this this isn't like so freud freud when he was looking at dreams right 
he was saying, okay, there's the two basic positions. One is uh, a dream isn't real. It doesn't have any meaning. Mm-hmm. It's just like your brain getting rid of stuff during the day, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Your pizza had too much grease or whatever. Yeah. And then there's the other view that no dreams are wish fulfillments, latent desires. There's, there's a meaning to them, right? And Freud was saying kind of neither of those, interestingly. Uh, people think that Freud was the latter, but Freud was saying this much more interesting thing. So he was saying that dreams have meaning. So here's an example. A friend had a dream about a baby goat that was running around uh, messing things up. So you hear that dream and uh, my friend interpreted it and said, well, you know, obviously, pretty obviously like the baby goat is a kid, right? You're, you're thinking about wanting a kid, but the kid might destroy your life, right? It might ruin your life. That's easy, right? That's easy. Is, 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 is our dreams tell us, uh, mm-hmm. you know, certain things that are going on. But, but then Freud says, no, but that's not the interesting, that's not the unconscious because you, you can easily get to that. The truth is in what is interwoven in that, what's hitching a ride with that, which could be in this example, the fact of uh, freedom and responsibility, like a more basic kind of notion of what it is to be human, that you're struggling with what it is to be free, responsible, what it is to be an individual or be in community. And that these basic antagonisms are going on in your dreams, but you're unaware of them. The more you try to avoid those antagonisms, and try to say everything's fine, the worse your life will be, you'll get symptoms. The idea is the more you are conscious of the antagonisms in your dream life and in your reality, the more you tarry with them, the healthier you'll be. That's called the dream work. So it's not about the, the, the manifest content, the latent idea, it's weirdly the form of the dream itself. Now the reason why I'm saying that is I'm saying that the truth that I'm talking about is a drug, not that says, you know, everything's great and everything's fine and we can take drugs and all be happy, nor the sense on which we say that beneath that we are caught up in all forms of social oppression and economic oppressions that we participate in. It's actually this third weird thing, which is realizing that there are inherent antagonisms in life that if we do not look at, we become a schizophrenic subject dreaming of utopia on one side, participating in social injustice on the other. And we we kind of like become this weird creature of, that's split. And the trick is to take a drug that helps us see our antagonisms, the struggles in our societies, how we participate in them, try to tarry with them, enjoy them, turn them to the good. And that's what's politically effective. So, the, and that's why Shizek says we need a third pill right not that in matrix there's two pills one that keeps you an ideology mm-hmm. one that gets you out of it you get to the underlying message but he says we need a third pill and the third pill is the pill that shows us all of the antagonisms that are just part of being human and being part of society that we need to look at that we need to tarry with that we need to somehow turn to the good and that's the drug we need but would you have a cup of coffee before you went out and did all those things and went out into the world and looked at all of those intricacies? Because if you would, you might enjoy mushrooms because it might make it a more vivid experience. It might make it a more high def experience and then it'll pass and you'll have a crash at some point. You're saying take all three drugs. If you, if there's three pills, yeah, take them all. I say, take say them all. yeah, you're have equal opportunities all. guy. Uh, yeah. um, I had a, um, <laughs> the dreamlike thing. That's another, uh, sensation that you get from it. It's very dreamlike. It f- everything feels like you are truly in a dream uh, situation. I happened to take it in a place that was very pretty, but it was in a backyard. It was very isolated. And in the center of the backyard, there is a tree. Uh, anybody who follows me knows exactly what I'm talking about, but I'm trying to be cryptic and be, you know, conservative with <clears throat> how many details I threw out here. But there's a tree in the center of the yard, and I had made the comment that it the whole place was very much like a had, had like a Garden of Eden feeling, which of course is a druggy high kind of you know, uh, exactly that's to what say. I'm against the yeah. garden of Eden, the now, religious dimension of now, this. Yeah. yeah. The utopia. The it's, utopia. It's a yeah. total utopia. So fascism is just secular religion. Yeah. Yes. Um, so if you go into it and you're like, this is my new home, everyone can have this all the time. Then of course that's bad. Yeah. But there's a utopia that you can experience with this thing. And that's cool. But at, after I had said that it was like a garden of Eden. I was sitting under the tree and I was looking at everything, you know, it's all this like patterns and stuff. And the, tr- the sun is on the other side of the tree 
and I just hear, and uh, I get up immediately, and I'm obviously tripping on drugs while this is happening. Yeah. And the person I was doing the drugs with, uh, uh, the 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 heavy narcotics with, um, was also looking up in the tree. I was like, "What is that sound?" And so I got to like, I got up and I was startled, so I was gonna run away. And I was like, "Oh no, I'm not gonna do it in case something is like uh, happening." And then she <laughs> needs to be, you know, not have something fall on her. I don't know what's falling out of the tree. As I'm sitting there, it was like catching. It was like the best football I've ever caught, but basically a fruit fell out of the tree and landed directly in my arms like a babe. Like it was like I was cradling yeah. the fruit and it freaked me out and I like tossed it away. And I was like, I'm on drugs. I just said this place is like a garden of Eden and a fruit fell out yeah. and landed in my arms out of all places that it could have landed out of uh-huh. all times during the day. I was like, this is random and it doesn't mean anything. I was like, but the fact that it happened the way it did is very funny and it was hilarious. Yeah. And the whole thing went from being this like stupid, like, I'm looking for metaphors everywhere. Everything's beautiful. Everything's wonderful. Everything is just like this thing to a fruit falling in my arms and recognizing the absurdity of that and just bursting out laughing. So you should try. Yes. Well, see, every heaven needs hell. That's the issue. That's, yeah, that's just really called not being on the yeah, thing. That's yeah. just the come down. Yeah, that's the come down. But every heaven needs hell. It also you makes you sick to your stomach. You've got to get rid of heaven. Yeah. What's that? It makes you sick to your stomach. So. Oh, well, yeah, you have a little hell much. in it. Yeah. yeah. And also tastes like crap. But um, so any, t- any takeaways? Takeaways? Yeah, very fun I think talk. There's a lot I mean, of takeaways there. Good, yeah. good episode. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, I mean, I, takeaways, I guess, just to reiterate, like, I'm not advocating this stuff. I don't think it's going to solve the world. I don't think anything like that. Um, but such a great experience and super fun and not something to be done lightly. But also, um, if you're interested in doing it be very careful and uh don't don't tell anybody i said it or endorsed it and um be good kids and don't do drugs yeah very good and my takeaway basically is kind of that point of like uh, heaven and hell are interconnected they're dialectically connected you don't find heaven without hell and so the more you go for the dream of a non-antagonistic experience of wholeness the fantasy of oneness which is very very intoxicating the more you'll disavow hell and the more it will return either in your economic reality or it will explode in an emotional way or whatever and so ultimately if you're ready for the drug that gives you lower consciousness then uh come to me it's not even <laughs> you, you can't pitch yourself against know, it right? don't be no. the opposite yeah don't be the opposite of mushrooms because you're gonna lose man <laughs> It's not, you yeah. can't compete, but definitely like, what you're saying like is better. Fight. What you're saying what is I like good. is a good, I, 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 I want to rise uh, to the challenge. This has been very good. We're, we're going to do, our next episode is going to be on how to save the world. So yep. can you tell us anything about that as a teaser for? Oh yeah. Little teaser is, it's weird that. Little teaser is my favorite rap artist. Go ahead. Is that right? Yeah. Um, does he live in this building? But he probably does. <laughs> he probably does. I, I think fi- I've seen about four I've, little teasers yeah, today. Yeah, I find a lot of littles. There's a lot of little. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. You have to be little something. Um, oh, yeah. So basically, it's weird that we live in this galaxy where you'd expect to have lots of noise of other civilizations, but there isn't, you know, there's not much noise or any noise. And so why is that? And it's potentially because life has to get through a number of thresholds in order to get a civilization. And what I'm interested in going is I think we're at a threshold where, uh, you know, we may end up destroying ourselves and each other. And I want to explore what that threshold is and how we pass that threshold to get to a point where we can become interstellar species and where we can overcome biological death. Why is it so hard to do? Why is it potentially impossible to do? And what do we need to do to basically get to that next level? And that's what happens when I put mushrooms in Pete's drink right before (laughs) we start recording the podcast. Kicks in right at the end. Cool. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. Bye.